Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Travancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, deciding they need some more information, the Heralds of Greenness head to the Tuft House and accept Laros's offer to talk. He fills them in on what he can about the Pazarek family, then introduces them to a very familiar barkeep, the one from the Staghorn Flagon, who is a member of the criminal organization, The Fixers. Suspicions are confirmed. Questions are asked and semi-answered. And finally, the party returns to the Eagle Shields and has an intense discussion about what to do next. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, and I'm keeping it nice and simple. I have orange juice and vodka. Mostly orange juice. Lots of orange juice. Carlton, what are you drinking? I have a Austin East Ciders uh, pineapple cider. It is delicious. That sounds good. Pineapple cider. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that at some point. And Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking an old standard. I've got a Lone Rider Shotgun Betty. <laughs> Which, of course, everybody has to then go wham a lam a lam afterwards. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular tonight. I'm sick. Uh, I'm pretty sick. So my drink of choice is NyQuil. <laughs> you know you're not. NyQuil doesn't work. And also um, uh, mostly chamomile tea and... And with a tiny, tiny bit of rum. Tiny bit of rum. You're supposed to use coldies. Yeah, as long as the NyQuil comes after you're done playing. Because, oh my god, I don't need you falling asleep on me in 20 minutes. Because that, <laughs> I, I that just, would be the worst. I just took a big swig on camera. I'll hook him up to the leash and drag him along. <laughs> I'm going to send you, like, you know NyQuil doesn't work, right? It works oh, for it me. Works. No, it just oh, puts it works. you, it just knocks you out. It doesn't actually help treat yep. your cold. Oh, yeah, but it knocks me the fuck out. That's why you need coldies, mucin... You need... Oh, no, you need mucinex and coldies. You need mucinex DM nighttime in the night, and then you wake up, you take a daytime one, and you have the coldies melts, and they work. They shorten your cold by at least five days every time I take them. Yes, I, I have been... and dragons and drunks are not medical professionals, and please take all of our medical advice with a grain of salt. I, I have been sucking but on some coldies, yes. But my pediatrician... Yes. I know. Travancore, what are you drinking? Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's choice this evening is Roca Salento Primitivo. It is a bold, dry red wine, and it tastes yummy. And once again, he, he's got the nice glass. I know. Real. I just have this giant stein of orange juice. I've okay. got a board game bash Jack koozie. Jack is the most adult of all of us. He, he wins at adulting, at least for today. So... It's been a little while since we played. We had a, a one-shot uh, run by Jules, which I'm going to consider future canon. Future canon. It will have happened at some point later, but it hasn't quite happened yet. It's been a little while since we got together. As I mentioned in the recap, the last time we got together, you guys had just finished off a, a very intense discussion with uh, Laros Tuff and his fixer friend. You... Uh, went back to the Eagle Shield house and waited for Bucks to return, who had some information about uh, what little he could see coming and going inside of the house. And you guys talked a little bit about what you want to do next. Then we had Christmas and New Year's and a one shot. And now we're back. So I'm going to ask the question I've literally been waiting weeks to ask. What are you guys going to do next? 
I believe the plan we had established was uh, that we'd worked out. We are going to tonight. We're going to head out to just short of the path track farm, like mile, half mile out. And we're going to send bucks over the farm to kind of take a look around, check out uh, the layout of the place and see if he can spot any tall ish farm hands that Carlton can disguise himself as. Then the next morning, Carlton and Bucks are going to Carlton is going to don his disguise and sneak onto the Pass Track farm. At the same time, the Viceroy of Glenmar and his uh, retinue are going to show up at the Pass Track's front door and request an audience to help smooth things over. I think Jack is or uh, Travancore is what what we had wanted to do. That sounds like a fantastic plan. Okay, so. Is there anything else you'd like to do? It's about uh, mid-afternoon. It was just after lunch, if I remember correctly. Was there anything else you wanted to do for the rest of the day? Or were you basically waiting until a specific time at night to go do this sneaky fun mission of, of joy? Then we're just going to kind of like get set up, get ready, kind of rest, recuperate. I mean, not that we're hurting, but get prepped for tonight. Am I right in that? Get in the right mental state? I guess we need to figure out where the Pastract Farm is. You We've actually. Oh, do yeah. we have that? Okay. Yeah, we've gotten that information on with maps and stuff. You've got v- vague to relatively-ish specific enough information that it you know direction and 10 miles outside of town. So there has to be a road. Yeah. So yeah, you could, you could ask around if you would like some more information. But uh, at the moment, you've got a, a fairly decent idea where it is. I want to ask around. Bernie wants to ask around. Bernie wants to okay. ask around. Who would you like to ask? The town. <laughs> okay, Bernie walks to the center of town where the uh, big horse uh, statue is, is to the Great Shalarn and announces to the entire no, town. No, 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 not like that. I'm going to go around <laughs> and I'm going to proselytize for Queen Bay and get notes on where everybody lives so I can convert them. Oh, boy. Oh, hang on a second. Wouldn't Kyla it's know like- she made stuff for the Passerex? I could also ask Kyla. Sorry. We might. <laughs> it's a good you can do both. So defeated. I'll just tell I'll just lie to Kyla. It's fine. Okay, so you're gonna I'm gonna just as go Bernie is about to start Kyla. to proselytize, Travancore gives her a little bit of an elbow and Travancore shoves an apple Kyla. in her mouth and shoots her over to Kyla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the door to her shop is open. There's, as as you walk inside, it's kind of the same half-jumbled collection of, of herbs and things that you're a little afraid to touch. Kyla is there behind the counter. She seems to be kind of idly uh, thumbing through a book, looks up and sees you and says, Oh, f- hello. How can I help you? Hi, Kyla. Um... I have a complete discography of the works of Queen Bay, and I was kind of hoping to go around and, you know, like, pass it out to everybody. And, you know, I mean, like, I don't I don't have, like, a conversion goal, but I do need to know where every single major house lives, starting with the past, the, the Tesseracts. The, the Passeracts? Those guys. Okay. We're going in alphabetical order. Well, then you will have missed many of the other houses if you're oh, if you're no, starting no, no, with no, them. Oh no 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 different alphabet. D- whose alphabet are you using? Mine. Okay. 
As far as I know, the 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 gnomish al- alphabet, I you would not start with the Passerax. I no, I that's believe... fine. I didn't say the gnomish alphabet. You have your own alphabet, <laughs> don't you? No. How do you alphabetize things? In common, usually, because then I can tell people to go get something. But then people can touch your stuff. Well, if they still touch things when I tell them not to touch things, then, you know, as as my people would say, you get what you deserve. I find it's best to keep everyone I know in a constant state of confusion. I I feel you are very good at this. The Passerex, you say. I think I know where they are. I've never actually been to their house, but I, I am fairly familiar with where most of their farmstead is. So show me, show me your map. Do I have a map? Uh, well, Jonathan you, has it, I think. amongst the four of you, I'm assuming all four of you have come and that Bernie's just doing the talking. And yes, of the four of you, you do kind of have at least one map that's been handed over to people and marked on. Okay, yeah, I, I hand, hand her the, the map. map. <laughs> okay. She pulls out the map, looks it over a little bit, and kind of thinks for a second and then marks about 10 miles south on the map there is actually a road that you can see um going off of the the long road and she she puts a, a tiny little dot you know not making too much space and she says i believe it is about over here it's right on the road so you oh, should good. not have I much do hate shortcuts. finding it I, as I said, I've not been there. I've, I've only had stuff delivered there, and I've gone past it. But yeah, it's right there. Uh, so I, I don't know in what order your alphabet is, but I guess we can start with the, the uh, Hesmer. Or would you? I'm, I have been to the Salember House. Would you like to know about them? Could you mark them in different colored dots based on what house they are? She looks down at her quill and at her her little tiny inkwell and says, I only have the black right now. I could definitely, it would take a little while to make some other ink colors. Uh, would you would you like to order some more ink? I haven't had an order of ink colors in a while. It would be actually very exciting. How many can you do? Oh, I could do the whole rainbow if you give me long enough. How much does that cost? Well, some of the colors are going to be more expensive than others. Certainly, some of the sparkling ones will take like a day or two. And I think I have all the ingredients. So I don't. I don't need any of that. Most of the rainbow colors are probably only a, a gold if you want a nice vial. Uh, but the sparkly ones are going to be two. And definitely, if you want some of the the, the specialty ones, it, oh, that that could be three, three, four, five. How if many, you want the disappearing. How many major houses are there in this place that we're in? Whose name I've forgotten? <laughs> Have you really forgotten, or am I asking you to roll a deception check? Amphil! No, I'm actually... Amphil! Amphil! How many major houses are in Amphil? It depends on your definition of major houses. There's six, although I guess if you're asking about the Passerax, then that would be seven... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... Uh, would you count... The Eagle Shields aren't really a major house, but they're really important, so I guess nine? Nine. How about you make me a color of ink 
I guess we need seven because you've already marked one for the pat. Eight. Eight. Eight colors of ink. And can you base each color based on how you feel about the individual houses? Oh, I don't have feelings about three or four of the different houses. I've only been here. That's fine. You can make those bland. Okay. Well, I could do the red, orange, yellow, green, blue, violet at six. And then you said you wanted one, one, two, three, four, five, six. I need one more. Oh, those would be one gold each for each of those colors. And then did you want a sparkly one? I can make a sparkly one. I do like sparkles. Gold sparkles. I'll do... I'll do, so that'll be the, the seventh, so it's going to be uh, eight gold if you want all those, and then I'll, I'll, I can mark them on your map, and then you have all these inks. I'll even throw in the quill, it'll be fun. That sounds great. Do I pay up front, or when you deliver the product? Oh, always up front, because especially since the sparkly one's going to take me, that, that to, come back tomorrow, I'll have the sparkly one. The rest of these, just an hour or two. Okay, I give her eight gold, right? That's what you said? <laughs> Yeah, eight gold, one for each of the regular colors, and then um, and then a sparkle. I give her eight gold, and I say, you make those, and while you make those, I'm going to go spread the word of King Bay, Queen Bay to the Tesseracts. <laughs> okay. I, before you do, be careful when you go talk to them. They're very uh, secretive. I, as I said, I've never actually been to their house. I've only worked with uh, go-betweens, and they're not friendly i don't need their secrets i just need their souls their (laughs) souls may be harder to get than their secrets but i do wish you all the best of luck come back tomorrow i will have all of these inks wonderful and i will have their souls all right let's go gang away you take off with your map (laughs) the uh eight gold the 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 poorer anything else you would like to do Let's go find these guys and convert them. That's what we're doing, right? No, tonight. Well, first we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have bucks fly over tonight, and then tomorrow we'll convert them. One All right. montage of non-story worthy events later. What time would you like to send? Are you just sending bucks? Is, are is anyone going? Are you staying? We're within? we're going. To, we're gonna go. And if you don't want to come, that's fine. But I say. Like me and at least Carlton yeah, go I'll, out I'll, to I'll go. like the houses like off the main road, like at mile marker nine or whatever, going south. We're gonna get off on. It looks like yeah, it looks like just just about ten miles south off of this road is where she's placed the dot. Your understanding of most of the these houses is uh, most of the homesteads that these houses are located is that. They're on the major road. They're not, like, off in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, you expect if you were to follow the road down south, you would be able to see it from the road. Okay, we're going to go down to the road, and then we're going to, before we get to the house, we're going to come off the road into the wild and get as close to... We want to be able to barely see the homestead. Like, we we don't want to be close, but we want to be close enough to where that's where we'll launch bucks. Oh, also, I had a question. Is okay. Bucks's owl species rare in this part of the world? Well, he's considered a pygmy owl, right? Mm-hmm. Owls are not rare in this part of the world. He's kind of a he's kind of a patchy white. Like he's not snowy owl. He's right. kind of he's he's more brown and then with like a, with a white underbelly and probably like white flecks on his uh, on in his feathers. Yeah. 
a casual glance at him, no. You're going to see a lot of, like, spotted owls, other owls of his coloration. His size is unique. Um, okay. Certainly people are going to look at him and they're either going to be intrigued by his size. They might assume he's a... Uh, a youngling or a a a, fled, a a a very young owl, but his coloration is not odd for this time for this area. Okay, then he should be fine. Like they're they're not gonna hopefully not gonna get a good look at him. Uh, he's okay. just gonna be in a, in and out and flying. So he's like this is gonna be a very quick recon. This is not gonna be he's not gonna be circling up there for very long at all. Here, worry about those freaks, the passerags taking interest in your owl. Exactly. And I don't I I don't know what kind of defenses they have set up. I don't know if they're if their watchmen carry bows or worse blowguns that they might stun Bucks and take him in. Uh I, I don't know. So th they're not gonna give him he's not gonna give them much of a target to shoot at. He's just gonna go out, fly over, and then back in. Okay. And take in as much information as he can. What time would you like to arrive in this general area? Let's arrive at the area. Uh, what what time is the darkest of the night? Well, it's it's getting into winter time, so the sun sets around five thirty six, and it's pretty pitch black. The weather's looking kind of overcast. It's been kind of a more gray day. Perfect. And we're at a the moonrise isn't going to be for several more hours. So if you were to set out at 11-ish, that's probably the darkest part of the night, and you'd have at least a couple of hours before the moon gets super high, and then on top of that, it looks like it's it's pretty gray overhead. Okay, we'll set out at like at, at like 10 and arrive at 11-ish, at or try to arrive at 11-ish. And you guys are just going to kind of walk there until you get close enough and then duck into the woods? Exactly. All right, you guys wait the amount of time. You have a nice dinner with the Eagle Shields. Uh, while you're at dinner, Carlton, while you are at dinner, you see that Kara is a little late to dinner. Only five, ten minutes. You know she's usually pretty punctual. She shows up and sees you, you guys, and says, I'm really sorry that I'm late. Uh, I was getting the the wood and the the." soil and the seed stuff that you needed and it's out in the in the stables for when you want yay oh thank yay. you thank you so much we'll be able to have a nice little garden urban farming in a vacuum of space <laughs> in a pocket dimension <laughs> in a pocket dimension uh you guys enjoy a nice dinner and kind of just hang out until the appropriate time where you guys head off into the night. You kind of pass through Amphail as you find this road heading south. It is a fairly well-traveled road. It doesn't look like it's, you know, you're wandering off into the woods into darkness. And after about nine-ish miles or so, you can uh, easily start to see lights in the distance on the left side of the road. And I'd love you guys all to roll stealth checks as you guys then as you've said you want to do, duck into the woods to stay hidden. Wait, are we all going? Are you all going? I thought I, that guess I, I was went. staying at home. I guess I there's... went. <laughs> I should have stayed at home. I'm staying at home and playing canasta with the eagle shields. Okay, Bernie and Coco Snoot are staying at home. Carlton? Seven. I should have stayed home. But I went. No, I'm saying I should have. You went. I went, but I should have stayed. Jonathan, I'm assuming you and Bucks went. Yes. 
and Travancore, it sounds like you went? Travancore decided to go, but interestingly enough, Shadow did. Did Shadow go? Uh, there's no point in leaving Shadow behind. Like, Bernie hates him. So let me let roll for Shadow as well. So Shadow went too. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bernie really and matter. Coco Snoot knew they had no business creeping around in the woods, and they thought a nice game of cards and a cheery cup of cocoa would serve the world better. Jonathan and Bucks right. both got an eight. And how about Travancore and Shadow? Travancore got a 15. Shadow got a six. Okay, and uh, Carlton? Uh, I had a seven. Okay. Uh, Bernie, you're bundled up in the living room with uh, Miri, Kara, and uh, Mouser, and are playing a lovely game of Canasta, Coco Snoot, I'm curled up under their your asses, feet. but in a very polite way. Actually, Mouser is giving you a run for your money. One of them has to be my partner. He can be my partner. It's a game played in pairs. <laughs> no, if he's giving a you a run for your money, that means he's already playing against you. I was about to say, it's 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 you and Kara versus the adults of the family, and and Mouser seems to know what he's doing. Oh. Uh, you're still winning, but Mouser, like you get the sense he's he's almost card sharking you. It's weird, but it's a lot. And of I fun. haven't even started cheating yet. It's <laughs> when you do, I, I will have you do some rolls. But for the moment, you're being honest, and we're playing some honest cards. Uh, the rest of you are creeping around in, in the dark in the woods. It is cold. It is nasty. It's wet. There's uh, some melted snow on the ground that's kind of turning to freezing ice. And Travancore manages to start to lead you off into the darkness, into the woods, into a spot that looks like you'll have a pretty good view of both the road and what looks like the turnoff to go to the house. And everybody else after him is like, crunch, 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 crunch. And it's it's a it's a loud entry into the woods. How far off the road would you like to get? Oh, uh, I think far enough that we can't be heard with all our crunching. Yeah, let's. At this point, we may if if we feel like we're not stealthing, we may stop and be like, okay, let's let's figure out how far away we are. Well, at the moment, the only one who is aware of how badly you are stealthing is Travancore, because he's the only one who's actually stealthing. His chagrin. <laughs> Yeah, Travancore is the one who stops you. If you would like to roll perception checks, I can tell you what you see. All right, I'll roll a perception check. I can do that. I'm perception for whoever that. is not playing Canasta. <laughs> Don't forget the hot chocolate. All right, uh, Travancore and Shadow. <laughs> okay, so Travancore rolled an 18, Shadow rolled a 21. Oh, okay. Carlton. 17. And Bucks and Jonathan. Also a 17 uh, for Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Bucks, thanks to his advantage, got a 22. Okay. The animals know exactly where you are, and, and through their various <laughs> and sundry means and methods, uh, one through just sheer telepathy and the other through just an innate sense of, of knowing the right way to tilt his head, help the rest of you who, who have actually kept a really... You've been really bad at stealthing, but you've been really good at keeping an eye out. And you've kind of gotten the basic lay of, of where you are. The As I said, you've turned off into the woods and gone maybe about three, four hundred yards into the, the deep part of the woods here, uh, right at the crossroads where the main road and the turnoff to some farmstead, some homestead is obvious. And you can see... 
a house in the distance, maybe about a half mile off. You can see kind of a, a, a very simple gate at the entranceway for it's maybe like quarter of a mile off the road there seems to be a gate with a guard post and there is a a stone fence uh, about chest high kind of one of those old school stone fences kind of marking the property line and you guys are a good amount of feet even away from that stone fence and well away from the, the guard post too it'd be really hard for anybody to see you bucks and shadow Notice a few extra things, which, once again, they communicate in the only ways they know how. Uh, Shadow notices that there are guards at the guard post, but he doesn't really see anyone else. Uh, He's kind of, he senses the the creepiness of you guys trying to be stealthy and quiet and is looking for potential prey or predators and doesn't really see anybody. Bucks hears a horse galloping down the main road behind you. Get off the road. All right. Oh, they're off the road. They've been off the road. This is, these are checks that you're doing in the woods off the road. All right. What would you like to do? I say, all right, buddy, this is probably as close as we're going to get. Just quick flyover. Don't linger too long. Stay safe and, uh, and come on back as quick as possible. Just do a flyover of the whole compound and, and yeah, try and see someone. If someone is, is Carlton's height, then make a note of them. But, like, yeah, just get a lay of the land and then come right back. Or within a foot. <laughs> you send Bucks up. He's going to do a, a perimeter circle and then he'll do a closer circle around the house to kind of get a cover of everything. I'd like you to roll two perception checks for him. One for the perimeter, one for over the house. All right, first check. Perimeter. Drink! Woo! First of the new year. Calls for a fresh class. So with that natural 20, what's his final total? Uh, 23, I believe. All right, and give me another one for a closer inspection of the house itself. So that is going to be a 16 on this close one. Okay. He goes up and he starts by flying over the guard post. There is... A very simple station there. There are two guards stationed there in pretty simple leather armor. No crest that you can see. No colors. They're not hiding. They're basically just standing on the road. And neither seem to be Carlton's height. They're both human. That's kind of as much detail as he can pick out. As Bucks continues to fly over, the horse that you hear galloping behind you guys makes the turn and Bucks can see that whoever is riding this horse now is approaching these guardsmen and has come to a halt. And they're starting to converse a little bit. As Bucks does a counterclockwise over the perimeter, on the far side of the compound, essentially, there is a very large stable area. It seems to be laid out kind of in a classic L shape. You can see a a very obvious horse run kind of just off to the side and it's it's a covered stables. Um, You don't, he doesn't see anybody coming and going. He continues the perimeter counterclockwise as he starts to head back in your direction. He sees a couple of storehouses and there's a guard or two that's kind of ambling about. They don't seem to be wary. They're attentive, but not 
they're not on alert. Also human, also kind of in basic leather armor, no crest that you can see. As Bucks comes back and spirals in to go for a closer inspection of the actual house, the house itself is um, medium-ish sized, two-story abode. There's a main entrance that's very well lit. Uh, Looks like a couple of magical lanterns have been hung there. There's one guard that is standing a little more attentively because now the the rider on the horse is has passed by the gate and is coming up to the main doors and as as bucks does a fly over the house the rider gets off the horse and the two of them converse a little bit bucks is keeping pretty high up in the air so he can't hear what they're saying as he continues to fly over the house, there's a couple of rooms that are lit. The main floor, the the entranceway to the house seems to still be lit. And there's a room off to the right on the main floor that's lit. Towards the back of the house, there's uh, almost a small spire. It's uh, The house itself is two stories. And in the back of the house, there's a three-story almost a tower and that has a light in um of the three floors that bucks can see the top floor has a light shining out of some of the windows there bucks continues his sweep around and then comes back to you and relays all of this information to you good job buddy all right i think we're done here let's uh let's skedaddle did bucks see anybody that's at least six feet tall no everyone that he saw is human height yeah, we'll, we'll. I'm a human, and I'm six feet in real life. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get that. We'll we'll discuss in detail uh when we're further away. For now, we're gonna get GTFO. All right, you guys. Uh, are you trying to sneak away? Yes. Yes. All right. Give me stealth checks. All right, I'm happy with that. Oh, <laughs> your muscles are too large. <laughs> wow. Right. Should have left uh, Shadow at home. <laughs> well, let's let's start with Travancore and Shadow. Oh, Bernie's scary. So, uh, so Sh- Sh- Travancore got a twenty-four. Shadow got a four. Okay, and Carlton. Uh, I got a seventeen. And Bucks and Jonathan. Bucks got an eighteen. Jonathan the Magic Muscular got a six. Okay. As you guys are leaving, you're doing a slightly better job of of keeping quiet than when you first arrived partially because you're more used to it of where you are and have kind of calmed down from the excitement. Jonathan, you are still kind of asking Bucks questions and you forget that you're trying to sneak out and keep asking him questions. Shadow, his paws are cold because (laughs) it's cold. And he's, yeah, he's a big bear with a lot of fur, but he's been a little spoiled living inside for a little while. And he's been standing around and and now his paws are cold and as you guys are leaving he just kind of rushes ahead um shadow stay close bear buddy bear buddy hey bear buddy bear buddy come back here bear buddy and he comes back and kind of sticks by you uh jonathan you're still kind of muttering under your breath to to bucks any final questions that you might have about details about the flyover okay and once we get back while it's Freshen both of our memories. I want to draw a map of what he saw based on, like, I want to sit down and, like, both of us kind of, like, enter our mind palace and kind of go over what he saw. Like, basically replay tape and and I'll, I'll sketch out a layout of the place and share it with uh, Carlton. Okay. 
you guys make it back to the road without any problems. Doesn't seem like there was anybody on the road. And yeah, it takes a little while for you guys to get back to the uh, Eagle Shield house, but you get there without a problem. Bernie, you've been continuing to play Canasta for the evening. Have you actually started to cheat? Do you have, I, that depends. Have I needed to cheat? You've managed to keep the lead most of the time. It's been touch and go a little bit as the night goes on, as Amiri and Mouser both kind of suss out your style. Mouser especially starts to feed the right cards. And so he's cheating. Wow, roll an insight check. I was just going to say, we're just playing for candy, so there's no need. And these people are apparently one of the many families that Carlton has acquired over the years. <laughs> he probably has children over I, the state I collect line. families like you collect souls. Canasta Sharks of Legend. 19! Is he cheating? Oh, no. No. He is just a really good card player. You, you have not, as someone who is not only a really good card player, but um, knows a little bit about the sleight of hand techniques that come with being really bad card player. No, he seems to know exactly what he's doing. These, these people seem almost disgustingly honest. Oh, you know, it's only fun to beat people who are trying to cheat you. And they just, they just want some fucking starburst. So... It's not my fault, Kara. Can't hold up her end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you... I'm not gonna cheat. We're gonna end friendly. I'm. I'm not gonna. Okay. We're just gonna going to be a good person. Whatever the hell right. that is. As the rest of your companions return to the house, but I am uh, just going find... to start eating all the Starburst indiscriminately. Oh yeah, your favorite flavors are just gone by the time the rest of your friends have arrived and that's how i'm going to use my sleight of hand before i'm going to play honest at cards and i'm going to cheat at eating all the candy all right roll me a sleight of hand check <laughs> i'm proficient in that that means you add your proficiency bonus proficiency bonus oh shit <laughs> okay but they're nice people so even if they catch me eating candy they're not going to be mean about it um 16! Six fucking D! As the night goes on, it's only a couple of hours that your friends are gone, and as they've come on in, you've managed to, to take a couple. Mouser seems to be way too concerned with, like, planning strategies and stuff, and Miri is too concerned with watching him to try to suss out, because she... It's obvious that she knows that she's the weaker player of the two, and is just trying to not screw him up. Kara starts giggling the, the first time you take a starburst. She giggles a little bit more the second time. The third time, you catch her doing the same thing, and the two of you share kind of a, a smug little look. Cheers. And then your friends come on in. You, The two of you have one. It's not as wide of a margin as you'd like. Uh, definitely, Mouser gave you a run for your money, but by the end of the night, you have one. Do I notice any pink starburst left? Uh, roll a perception check. Uh, perception. Despite liking lemons, one. Bernie doesn't is not a criminal and does not like the yellow starbursts. Thirteen. Uh, no. Oh, none left. Nothing left. I get really sad when I see that there's only yellow starbursts left. 
I stick out my tongue at him and it's bright pink. Okay. I won. I won. I won. <laughs> and Melser says, well, you've you've definitely proven yourself to be a card shark, but it, it was a good game. And he holds out his hand to you. I shake his hand with my sticky starburst finger. <laughs> <laughs> he lets go of your hand. Doesn't seem to give... Uh, just a slight does he doesn't give the slightest care about the sticky hand but immediately reaches down and grabs one of your starburst and pops it in his mouth and he says they are pretty good aren't they are they sponsoring the show now <laughs> yes starburst is now sponsoring starburst the show are actually a fruit uh, that look like stars and they burst in your mouth and they burst in, in your, your mouth but not in your hand <laughs> okay i don't know it's the first thing that came to my mind they come in like a wrapper you know so you can move them around without someone's grubby fucking paws getting on them we've all made those starburst (laughs) necklaces before and and bracelets and whatnot yeah and if we played with m&ms it would just be melted chocolate everywhere true was there anything else you guys wanted to do this evening i think we sleep and we get ready for our assault tomorrow Assault? It's an assault? No, we're not assaulting. When did no, it like, become an well, assault? Well, no, because in the morning you want some assault with your potatoes some, and some uh, pepper. No, Carl, not, you're not assault good at pepper. that part. That game's not your game. When did this become an assault? Did I miss something? I spent no, one no. night playing if, Canasta if, and suddenly I'm your Jewish grandmother and we're going on an assault. I don't know what this voice is. Bernie, Bernie, you know I don't words good. No, oh. you don't words good. No, oh. you don't. Are you guys having this discussion in front of the Eagle Shield? As we're walking back to our respective rooms outside of the the uh, the careful ear of the Eagle Shield family. Okay. That's where we're talking, I assume. That about right, guys? Yes. Okay, cool. Melser gives you all a very long look, but says goodnight, and the ladies also say goodnight as you go up to your rooms and start to have this discussion. And I feel Bernie uh, and old what um we saw and what buck saw assuming of course the jonathan shared that with the rest of us which I, I assume he did oh yeah yeah so there's 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 no jonathan when you describe what buck saw are you doing that now in the house or would you have done that you're doing that now so you guys right. and and like you're sketching out kind of the rough details of of everything so i'll i'll get you a map as you describe everything Travancore, that description sounds familiar of the gentleman who rode up on the horse. That sounds a lot like the guy at the horse race that you were, uh, the bookie, the one that you were placing bets with. The bookie is going to see the Pastorax, eh? Seems that, I mean, doesn't surprise me at all. He, he was all kinds of shifty. How shifty? Was I with you? I think I was trying to get a hot dog. Yeah, Edward G. Robinson levels of shifty. I don't know you know the guys that is. He's someone back in Bracanum. Don't worry, but don't worry about it. Underside of those bleachers looked really awesome, guys. You were all there, but Travancore is the only one who interacted with that man. And Buck's got a a description of him, and obviously in, in all of the details that he picked up, he relayed that to Jonathan. But Jonathan was kind of somewhere else in the stands. It, it's only when you're like, yeah, there was. He saw this guy. Uh, he kind of had a, a a longer nose, was on the shorter side, kind of scraggly hair. Was was you know gave a rough description. And Travancore, you you pick up on those details, and you're like, this sounds a lot like the guy that I put money on a horse at a horse race. 
Yeah, he's my bookie, guys. He's my bookie. So if depending on how uh, Pasarek visit goes, this may be a guy that we want to look up. Yeah, I think so, too. But for now, are you guys going to sleep? Or are you doing anything else? It, it's close to about midnight at this I point, think, maybe a little after midnight. I think it's we're bedtime. Yeah, I think we do that and uh, we get ready for tomorrow. Yeah. Which we'll find out about next time on Dungeons and Dragons and Drugs. And that is how you hang cliffs. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com and see you next encounter. <laughs>